You Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. I'm Father Nicholas Pierce. And Sister Mary Helen. And Sylvana Scarf. And this is... Uh, the pilot episode of the You Disciple podcast, a new project here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne. Uh, a very good day to you, uh, sister. You also. Here Silvana. Thank you, Father. It's uh, it's great to be with you at the beginning of a new uh, university year. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It's up and running. It is. We're actually going to get on campus. And it's exciting for us here in the Archdiocese because obviously we've had a couple of years of, of lockdown and students not on campus, so students are heading back, but also our new discipleship team, um, is kicking off. Mm, very exciting. And you're a big part of that, Silvana. So if people haven't met you before, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm part of the – I'm one of the newest members of the discipleship team for the Archdiocese of Melbourne. Um, my role title is Discipleship Specialist for Young Adults in Campus Ministry, which means that I guess my area of specialty when it comes to discipleship is young adults and campus ministry. Um, a lot of it involves formation um, and mentoring and kind of, yeah, leading others and seeing what the Holy Spirit has in store for us as an archdiocese and kind of this new way forward that we're looking at. And if, if someone's sitting here today going, that voice sounds familiar, mm. um, this is not your first Catholic podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm back again. <laughs> you <laughs> thought my you escaped. My voice is back. <laughs> I have to confess. Mm. I I know the name of your other podcast, <laughs> and I know your co-host. But you've never listened to an episode. Never, <laughs> <laughs> Me, I love how I knew that. <laughs> I, I've, I've never never listened to an episode. So I, I don't know what to say, Father Nicholas. I'm a little bit. Should I be offended? No, no, no. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> because. No one's probably listening to this, so <laughs> and that, that's that's not about you. That's about all of us. So, <laughs> and Sister Mary Helen, um, you're new to the team as well. That's right. Um, yeah. So, and you've been in Melbourne for a little while, but you're Melbourne born and bred. Melbourne born and bred. Yes, Victorian born and bred. Yeah. You know, Warrigal, Wangaratta, everything in between. But yeah, love it. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, in my stomping grounds. Yes. Dunno. And back. To university, you're going back back to campus. That's fantastic. It's my favourite place to be. Uh, I did a little bit of that uh, in Sydney and just happy to be doing that here in Melbourne. And uh, very sort of surreal to be back on my actual old alma mater. Um, very strange. But I love working with university students and I'm um, looking forward to um, trying to provide opportunities and walk with people um, to help them grow in their knowledge and, and love of, of Jesus Christ. And for those of you... Uh, for those who don't know about the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, um, the charism is about teaching That's right. and formation of young people. Mm-hmm. So you've been working in a secondary school recently, yes. but you've, you've been on university campuses before. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love a great argument. <laughs> I love just, um, yeah, that's a, it's just a magic time of life where we're, we're nodding out things, going into lectures, walking out, going, what just happened? How do I answer that? I love stepping into that space. Yeah. And I'm obviously the, the chaplain at the University of Melbourne, but obviously working with um, our chaplains on all of our campuses and this new discipleship team, really, um, after last year, I, I got – 
I got the the job of being a university chaplain and campus is shut down. So um, I'm just really Does looking forward. Was it your forward. fault? No. Well, you, <laughs> don't blame me. Um, but just really conscious that students have had two years of, of remote learning. And even even our first years coming onto campus this year have had their their all of their VCE um, in that sort of home learning environment. So yes. really looking forward to the year ahead um, and seeing how we can how we can best support um, students on campus. And that's the purpose of this podcast as well. So we're gonna we're gonna have an episode each week. Sister Mary Helen, you and I are gonna do this every week. Um, Savannah's gonna come in and out. And we're going to have a whole variety of guests throughout the year. Um, and all around this topic of discipleship and what it means to be a disciple on campus. So um, lots of interesting interesting stuff ahead. Silvana, you're a discipleship specialist. Yeah. If you had to sum it up in one word like, or one sentence, like what is discipleship? Discipleship has to be about Christ, right? It has to be about radically orienting and transforming our life into who we are as disciples of Jesus and what that radically means. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org.au. We hope to see you on campus. So just before lockdown here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne, um, the Archbishop made a, a pretty brave move and he closed down the youth office. And it, it really confused people. Um, and it probably wasn't helped by the fact that we then had a national pandemic, oh no, an international, international pan- pandemic, pandemic yeah. um, and we haven't been able to do a lot for two years. But it has given us, as a diocese, a real chance, especially those of us in positions of, of responsibility, I suppose, to really unpack what the Archbishop wanted. Um, and so when he shut down his youth office, he created a discipleship team, and that's what we all obviously work on. And we've really spent this time of the, of the pandemic um, this time of lockdown, really depthing what it means to be a discipleship team. And it's it's probably a little bit dangerous trying to get in the mind of a bishop. Um, <laughs> Don't recommend but, it. But trying to work out what the archbishop was doing when he, he said, do you know what, I want a discipleship-focused youth, young adult and campus ministry. And so we, I, I think, have got a little bit closer to understanding it um, and having a look around the world at, at other people who are doing it in, in a similar fashion. Um, and now we get a chance to sort of roll it out. But mm-hmm. it does look a little bit different um, and yeah. will look a little different to what, what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Mary Helen, like, you've been part of this process with us of sort of really discerning what it means to run a discipleship-based campus ministry in particular. Yeah. Is there something that you think is is really different between, say, a youth ministry approach and discipleship? Mm-hmm. So there's still youth involved. There's still Jesus involved. <laughs> there's still all of us getting in the middle of that. But I think maybe the focus um, becomes um, on how does each person, how do we invest, where could we invest best in each person so that each person becomes a disciple of Jesus, uh, actually follows him, that their life changes, that they they begin and are supported in this ongoing, um, uh, exciting transformation of life, like 
becoming really friends of Christ. So it just sort of changes up little things. It's not, um, so I guess you could think, well, I used to think when I was younger, you know, youth ministry is, bam, let's put on an event for 5 million people and wave flags and have a great time. And they're really great things. Um, but then you can walk away from those things and, uh, and maybe not be supported in the next steps. Yeah. And I shared, we, um, Silvana and Sister Mary Helen and I, we were lucky enough over the weekend to be at Melbourne's participation in the SEEK conference. Yeah. And we had a small group of university students and leaders. Um, and I shared with the students there a bit of my own testimony, my own experience um, as a young man growing up. Um, and that was at World Youth Day. Right. And that was with three million young people in, in Rome in the middle of summer. Um, but it was not the big events and it wasn't the big sort of festival feel, but it was the example of my small group leader mm-hmm. that really touched my heart and converted me and really made me want to be a disciple myself. I, I think, think you were saying as well, right, it was that particular moment at World Youth Day, but then also when you came home. Yeah, that he was still there for me mm-hmm. and he and his wife continued to invest in me um, beyond the event, beyond that initial sort of encounter experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the key elements that you're saying about discipleship. Isn't it? Isn't all show? It isn't all sort of um, excitement, but it's actually about um, somebody introducing you to the Lord and then walking beside you as you grow in that relationship with the Lord. Yeah, it's kind of like John the Baptist kind of thing. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll get you in. You know, John the Baptist was a bit crazy, but you know, some interesting person <laughs> bring you to to the Lord and then leave you with him yeah okay the point is that you can walk with him now forward um yeah it's great and there's beautiful passages throughout the scriptures about discipleship Silvana, what's one of like have you got a favorite i think one of my favorite more recently um comes basically from the sermon on the mount so in um, matthew's gospel chapter 5 verse 13 to 14 you are the salt of the earth I think even just that encapsulates it, really. Um, But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. I think the imagery there of being salt and light is radical. Like, it's, it's a call to... Um, not lose our saltiness and not lose our flavour. Stay salty. Yeah, stay salty. Um, and be a light to others. Like how can – what does that actually mean? And it goes on to further say um, in further verses, like we do not put – like if we bring a light into the house, we don't put it under, you know, under a chair or under a bushel. We put it on a lampstand so it can shine to others. And I think Christ, Christ is our light and he's calling us to be – light to others to point toward him mm-hmm. i um i love it because it's not it's not one of those traditional passages that we would sort of look at when we look at discipleship but i love the twofold thing of that christ is salt and light to us so he he shines light on our lives um and he adds flavor to our lives but that we're then called to go out and be salt and light to the world um, that discipleship is something that it's about receiving and that we, we receive and our life is better because of our relationship with Christ. But then because of that, we're called to go out and make other people's lives better. Like it doesn't make sense if we just keep it all for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just imagine. And so disciples on campus are bringing salt and light into those classrooms, into those um, 
spaces, common spaces, that how amazing it would be to have people doing the same things as a person next to them, but filled with the light of Christ and the, the, the taste, the zest um, of life. Um, they're going to just look different mm-hmm. um, to the person sitting next to them doing exactly the same thing. Sister, do you have a favourite passage about discipleship or oh. one, one that sort of speaks to you at the moment as we begin this, this university year? Oh, gosh, Father. Ah, I've actually just been spending more time in the Galilee, kind of the come follow me idea yeah. of um, because I just love Galilee. When I was in the Holy Land, I just sat there and on the shore. And uh, actually, I was talking with the Lord about this yesterday, just back in there. You know, sometimes when you're sitting there in front of the tabernacle and you see him, you're like, it's you. It's you. It's the same you who I met there on the shore in a in a certain way when I was in the Holy Land. Um, and it was this fascinating thought that, wow, God comes, spends 33 years, only three years public, and, you know, all this whole idea about let's be efficient with our time. What does he do? He spends three years making friends. And I, it's fascinating to me that... That's where he invested his time, his God, you know. Um, you can do it once for everyone and your method, <laughs> your way is I'm going to go make friends. I think you've really highlighted something there, Sister. How did, did Christ disciple his disciples? I think, we've, I think in my experience, I think we've lost what that looked like or we've kind of forgotten what that would have been like for the disciples. They lived closely with him day in day out they ate with him (laughs) they squabbled (laughs) with him around (laughs) he would have observed that um and he invested in them took the time to sit with them pray with them Mm. um teach them what it meant to live a life of prayer they were covered in the dust of the rabbi Mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that we're invited to time and time again and i think that's something that we're really called to especially when it comes to like walking the way of a disciple. Mm-hmm. I learned something about discipleship during lockdown. Um, Silvana and I, we were running a, a program for, for my parish, um, one of the Jeff Caven's Ascension Press Bible study programs um, on the Holy Land. And they were, they were in Galilee and looking at that passage where the disciples left everything that day and followed the Lord. And as they were discussing this passage, they were walking out of Galilee on this, this dusty road. Yep. And it struck me for the first time, and I, I've spoken to Silvana about this before, because it was one of those times where you learn something as a priest that you then sort of pretend that you're not learning for the first time. <laughs> I knew that already. Yeah, yeah. it's like this, this is simple. But that for the disciples, it actually meant leaving everything right. and following the Lord, that they actually left behind their families, their livelihoods, and they gave themselves over to him, which meant that he had to care for them. Mm-hmm. And that he was invested in their not only their spiritual development and their their growth um, as individuals, but also in their basic human needs. Right. Who was who was going to feed them? Where were they going to sleep? Could um, they cook? My yeah. goodness, probably not. No. no. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the smell? <laughs> you know what I mean. All of these <laughs> dusty disciples walking down a road in no. the middle of summer. So, Gross. but it really, I suppose, spoke to me and sort of said that. Um, that the Lord cares not just about our, our spiritual health yes. and our spiritual well-being, but if we are to be his disciples, we need, to, we need to believe that he trusts and cares for our whole, our whole being, right. not, just our, not just our spiritual self. I think as well, they had to also let themselves trust him mm. 
that radical surrender, which we're called to every day, um, which is easier to say than it is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, by the grace of God, we can. But I think they had to allow themselves to, to trust him with their food, their shelter, where they would sleep every night, on the road, um, their safety, all of that. And I think being able to kind of radically surrender our lives to Christ in that way, um, pointing back to, to scripture, looking into scripture and being like, okay, what was it like for them? Mm-hmm. So therefore, what is Christ calling me to then do in my life? And I think that's where this fundamental shift um, happens in a discipleship-based approach to to ministry on campus, ministry with young people, is okay. How do we help people have that primary, that first encounter, but then that that deeper encounter of okay, what does this mean for me? Right. How do I give my life to the Lord? How do I follow Him on the road? And how do I overcome any obstacles or challenges that I might have? And we see that in the lives of the disciples. There was plenty who didn't do it right, and there was there was um, many who turned away from him. It was too bigger, too bigger, too bigger challenge set before them. Mm-hmm. But how do we help the young people of today um, to really have that personal encounter with Christ, to hear His call in their life, and then to follow Him each and every day? Yeah, and then you just live differently. And I think um, the natural overflow of that is that you become a um, someone who then makes disciples, right? Yeah. So um, I think we didn't really have um, Catholic stuff going on on campus when I was at uni. But when I look back on my time at uni, it was very much about this, of making friends with people in my class and them just seeing over time that your life's a bit different and them asking you about it. And, and uh, yeah, by you looking looking after them you know entering into their life they trust you to to uh, yeah challenge their ideas it's actually really fun i am um, i put this challenge to the students at the seek weekend and i asked them so i'll ask uh you sister mary helen and sylvana if jesus was to arrive at monash university or or melbourne university or any of our campuses this year like where would we find him mm-hmm. if he walked onto campus today where would we find him sylvana He'd be with the people. He wouldn't be separate off the site, like observing necessarily. Like he would be with everyone. Like, it, and I think deeply beside them when they're studying, when they're walking through, you know, um, issues or concerns or stresses. He'd be right beside them. And he or he is. Like, I think that's the, the beauty of it is that he actually is beside us. Um, yeah, he'd be with us. Um, he'd be with every student. He'd be there. Um, to guide and to lead and to comfort. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you'd be, sister? Yeah, I sort of was um, having contortions in my mind when you were asking that question because I'm like, he is there. Well, <laughs> well, of course, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I just think that same. Uh, another kind of aspect of that, uh, just seeing him on campus, is that um, him delighting in in our growth in our becoming who we're supposed to be. We're learning, we're investing ourselves, we're not just sitting on the couch doing nothing, like how the Lord is delighting in in that growing time of our lives and how he'd be enjoying it with us. Um, yeah. I think one of the challenges sometimes is that people can feel that God is far away mm-hmm. or God is this sort of mysterious um, reality that we have to discover, we have to unpack, we have to learn everything about we have to sort of 
yeah, we have to grasp with our own hands. But coming to that real understanding that he is actually there, he is with you at your study desk, he's with you in your relationship with your peers, he is there in the, the trials and the hardships as well as the joys and the successes of, of daily life. Um, and so it's as much about understanding this abstract concept as it is about realizing that he's there walking beside you and he ha- he that the beauty of the incarnation is that he's entered into our very human existence and he can be found there today yeah and that's why the disciple lives differently because you're doing exactly the same things as your peers but you're looking at him and you're doing it with him because you know actually if you did it without him it would be worthless and we can all try if you know what I mean we can all sort of we, we get our blinkers on sometimes, yeah. especially if we're stressed or we're exhausted or um, we're a bit sort of jaded or um, even affected by our own sinfulness sometimes. We can think that we're doing it on our own and that we have to do it on our own. Yeah, a stressful way to live. Yeah. But the reality is we don't have to. Praise God. So what, um, what are some of the things that we're going to be doing differently this, uh, this year? So obviously this podcast is, is going to be one of them. So we're really looking forward to unpacking a whole variety of things about discipleship, but just about daily student life, um, what it means to be a young Catholic um, in and about campus at the moment. So that's one thing. Obviously, Sister Mary Helen, um, you're going to be helping us in the area of um, um, formation and online formation. So can you tell us a little bit more about the online classroom that we're developing? Okay, so we have this kind of idea that it might be helpful um, as a catch-all to make sure that as a diocese, we're providing um, ways for, for students to grow in their knowledge and love of the Lord. Um, and, and, you know, no, love, love and knowledge, they go in a little bit of a circle. The more you know, the more you love, the more you love, the you want to know. Um, and so that's kind of the process we're on about. But if we can offer it, because it's hard to offer something at every campus for everyone at a time that works for them, Uh, we go back to the dreaded online situation, which actually has opened up some opportunities for us, right? We can provide you with awesome um, courses on topics that are interesting to you um, online. So we're going to be doing that. So um, we'll have a a couple of different courses. We're trying to get two or three a um, a semester that are online. And, of course, there'll be the normal things that we've always done on campus and chaplains and all sorts of societies are providing. But this is a catch-all um, of really solid content. Um, and that the hope would be, wow, if you plugged into something from that classroom once a semester, by the time you end uni, you've got a pretty good grasp of, of the main um, yeah, key ideas. Yeah, and of course, as as you were saying, the online classroom, we're a bit sick of the online space, but yeah, we have also I learned and said, okay, well, we can use it to the best of its ability sometimes with without replacing all of those great things that our clubs and societies and chaplains are doing on campuses. But also, Silvana, you and I are going to uh, ride on Father Mike Schmidt's coattails um, this semester and <laughs> jump into um, the... Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible program over eight weeks, eight Thursday evenings. We are. Very and exciting. We've, you've done it before and yeah. I've done it before and lots of people – well, it's, I think it's – well, obviously until our podcast comes out, but it, it's sort of the, one of the most listened to podcasts in the world, isn't it? It um, is apparently. Bible in the Year. It's, it's up there and it's still up there even again for the second year in a row that they're 
Doing yeah. it. So, so if you've incredible. been doing Bible in a year and really enjoying it, um, we're going to be using the Jeff Cavins Bible Timeline program and doing their eight-week Unlocking a Mystery of the Bible in person, so on a Thursday evening in East Melbourne. So mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. But otherwise, uh, um, the really exciting thing that we're offering this year here in Melbourne is individual mentoring and one-on-one accompaniment. So if you are a university student on campus uh, in somewhere here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne, um, we're really looking forward to having members of our team walk beside you this year, knowing that um, coming back to campus might be a bit of a challenge. If you, and for some, some students, it's the first time on campus. Right. Um, so having someone to walk with you, but also not just walk with you in your, your uni experience, but also walk with you in your relationship with the Lord. Because I think we've all experienced this in our own life. It's when you've got a mentor or a spiritual guide um, who accompanies you, that's where you actually make a, um, some spiritual growth right. and some real sort of steps forward in the spiritual life. Yeah, and you just think of so many other people. You know, you think of uh, John Paul II's friend who just taught him how to pray. And he was just a regular guy, but um, he was willing to walk with the future Pope. No, and that's where he learned to pray, so... So discipleship's a big challenge. Um, being a young person and being a disciple in that university context is a big challenge. Silvana, any final words um, for uh, students who are heading out to campus this year for the, f- uh, for the first time or the first time in a long time? I think take Christ with you and do the best that you can with that. Um, seek others who are on that journey as well. I think it can be quite lonely uh, studying on a secular campus, um, if you don't have any friends that share the faith, and I think uh, if you've got those friends, stick stick with them. Um, but also look look for the discipleship on campus team who can, you know, as you've mentioned, Father, help with walking beside and mentoring. And I think, yeah, just give it your best shot. It's all you can do. That's all the Lord asks us to do. Samaria Helen. Amen. Same thing. I was just going to plug my online class. Ah. Come to my class. Come <laughs> to my class. We're doing Aquinas for beginners. Crash course in everything Aquinas. It's going to be great. Um, and I think all I would say is be courageous. Just think um, one of the things about the disciples and Christ that I always think is interesting is that they had three years with him and that that generally mm. coincides with our, our three-year undergraduate degree. So if you're, if you're in your three years of study um, before you've worked out what the – what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Um, like be courageous and try to find the Lord in this time and really try to walk be- beside him. You don't get this time back, um, so you, it's a real wonderful time. So don't be afraid to um, step out and be courageous. You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So there we go. That's it for our um, our our pilot episode. So hopefully, um, we made it. We ma- we we made it through our our twenty seven minutes of content. So <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, someone's listening. Um, hopefully, people are tuning in. Um, all the best for students who are heading back to campus um, in the next week or so. Um, please be assured of our prayers. Um, one of the things our team does regularly is pray um, for our students. Yes. Um, so that's what we, we take that responsibility really seriously. Um, just a couple of uh, really quick ads if you're here in Melbourne. Obviously, 6.30 Holy Hours back on at our cathedral. It's in its 22nd year. Sister Mary Helen 
You were around at the very beginning. We were there. We got it going. Um, I'm so excited. It's still going. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm old. Yeah, I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> but it has. It has been um, a really powerhouse of prayer for young people in our archdiocese it's over the awesome. last 22 years. So if you're looking for some time of Eucharistic adoration, music, confession, and pizza, uh, the pizza comes afterwards. Um, that's 6:30 p.m. <laughs> at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Um, otherwise, make sure you uh, check out our website, which is udisciple.melbournecatholic.org.au, which has got all the details about the online classroom, about the mentoring, about what time masses and other activities are happening on campus. So um, stay up to date with everything that's going on and make sure you subscribe to our weekly e-news that's going to start on week one of semester where there'll be um, obviously links to the podcast, which you're not going to want to miss out on. <laughs> um, but otherwise great articles and resources throughout the semester to help you as you continue in your journey of discipleship. Thanks, Silvana. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Father Nicholas. Thanks, Sister Mary Helen. Have a good week on campus. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.